0: Hey, welcome to the Corporate Shadow Podcast, where we discuss overcoming workplace nonsense and bad bosses.
1: Ooh, very nice. I'm right here. My name is Julian Torres. I'm joining Ryan today. Not just any day. Today is a Sunday, mm-hmm.
0: and we may or may not have had a couple of mimosas before we turned the microphones on. Woohoo! <laughs> Happy Sunday, everybody. Sunday fun day. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, so why Julian? Why Julian? First of all, who is Julian and how did I meet this guy? Um, Julian, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I work at a, a scuba diving shop. It's called Deep Blue in Long Beach right on the Belmont Pier. I, uh, I service dive equipment, so I'm back there in the back room just servicing regulators, tanks, um, pretty much anything that comes into the shop that people need help with. I just, it's a lot of customer service, a lot of just helping people out. And it's nice being back there it's a lot of procedural stuff um so nice it's nice to follow directions and just be back there and hanging out
0: yeah but you deal with customers like me because that's how i met you exactly yeah so so i'm sure you have some wonderful stories about that but um Definitely. your prior in your prior life your prior life experience um, you've worked in, in customer service facing positions, right? Definitely. Uh, where at? Remind me again. You got Knott's Berry Farm, a few other places.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, Soak City, uh, you know, after summer's done, you go to Knott's Berry Farm, just kind of transitioning between there. And yeah, just always I've had experiences with customers, always had um, that experience, you know, introducing myself, um, just helping people out. And yeah, you know I've learned that the customer is almost always right. Almost, almost, almost always right.
0: <laughs> and yeah, okay. So let's let, like w- the conversation mm-hmm. that I, I want to focus on, as it relates to your experience, and and a little bit about what we'll talk about today is um, you mentioned something very, very powerful yet so simple, um, and that is don't do the things you don't want to do. We we were talking about this earlier. Exactly. And you know you've job you've job hopped that's really hard to say definitely yeah it must be the mimosa it's a tongue <laughs> twister you've job hopped a few times yeah. i've job hopped many times many if times. you look at my cv uh, resume but um and there's a reason for that it's because we've probably have been doing things that we don't like
1: exactly yeah
0: what um what made you I guess, like in any organization, whether that was at Knott's Berry Farm, Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach, Mm -hmm. or anywhere that you've worked, even your dad's auto body shop. Mm -hmm. Shout out to dad. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, What made you leave these places? Sure. So, you know, in the beginning when I'm working at 16, I'm obviously looking to, you know, get paid a little more. So, you know, going for those higher paying positions and just kind of seeing where I can put my skills into. So, um, you know... From a minimum wage job to something that's paying more, I obviously have to um, you know, provide more skills. And uh my skills started transitioning basically when I volunteered at the aquarium of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um so at Soak City I was and not spray farm, it was just more customer service, you know, give the customer what they need, you know, help them out. Uh, give them the candy they want, give them the shirt that they want. Um, but once I started volunteering at the Aquarium of the Pacific, um, I learned more about time management. I learned more about procedural things, like just making sure I follow things step by step by step and uh, knowing how to do things correctly and in a timely fashion. Yep. Um, I, yeah. I, tell us about your boss, though, because it sounds like, like you've learned a lot under
0: this under this individual at the aquarium. Yeah. And you're a volunteer,
1: Yes. Yeah, so for how I, many years? This is so I've I had been volunteering at the aquarium for five years. Five years, mm-hmm. and acquiring all of
0: these skills mm-hmm. because you had a boss mm-hmm. that you apparently would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, respected, admired, yeah, etc. So let's talk a little bit about that individual, about what what made them a great boss or a great leader. And then I
1: want you, in the back of your mind, to think about a terrible boss, perhaps, that you may have worked for. Sure. So probably the best boss I've ever had is definitely um, the person that was in charge of overseeing me at the Aquarium of the Pacific. Uh, her name was Aggie Long-T. Um She was my overseer for the water quality lab. And in there, we're basically in charge of doing tests to test water, uh, of the different exhibits perfectly. So we're testing the pH, the nitrites, nitrates, um, a ton of different stuff, sodium temperature. N- yeah. Temperature. It's a bunch of nerdy stuff that yeah, none of us understand. Definitely <laughs> nerdy stuff and just reporting it back to the, aqua- yeah. the aquarists and, and making sure they have enough data to, to properly, um, you know, uh, assign their, their, uh, chemical charts and stuff like that. So, But what, what made her like really cool? What made us, what made her, you, you mm -hmm. stayed there for five years.
0: Like if I'm a volunteer for five (laughs) years, clearly there's something more than just Mm -hmm. the mission of the aquarium or the mission of the organization that Mm -hmm. keeps me there. And Mm -hmm. that generally is my boss, right? I wake up, I get excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see whoever today. My coworkers are great. My boss is great, which by the way, a lot of people don't say that Mm -hmm. like you, that's an anomaly situation, I think. Definitely. So what specifically made your boss someone that you would follow into battle every single time you went to work?
1: Yeah. So Aggie was very, very firm on, on time management and doing things the correct way. And she would, as would not let me fail at all. Like if I failed we, we would go back and she would show me exactly what I did wrong. We would write notes on it. I had a notebook and she would be like, okay, write down what you did. And how do we fix that? You know, like every, she, she told me this is Aggie bootcamp. Um, you know, we're going to do things right. When we fail, I'm going to let you know. Um, and it might be awkward at first, but it's going to benefit you in the end. Um, because you're going to, You're going to learn from your mistakes and we're going to, we're going to do things right. And we're going to make sure, you know, all the animals are all good all the time. It's awesome.
0: Definitely a mentor, um, coaching teacher, professor kind of Mm -hmm. mentality, I think. Um, is is what I'm hearing so let's compare that perhaps to someone that was the opposite if you've had this experience mm. um have you worked for a manager or observed another manager maybe not in your department or observed maybe you know a, a, another leader or a boss at another organization or even at the aquarium who knows yeah. or wherever that was the opposite of that, that you're like, you know what? I'm not going to follow them into battle. If we were to go to war today and I were drafted mm-hmm. in battle, that person is not my general and I will not follow
1: them. Yeah. So my process when dealing with people, uh, especially upper management that, that say I don't, uh, you know, agree with or say they're like a bad leader or something like that, you know, I personally think a leader knows where they're going and stuff. And um, where, where I change things, in myself is I would go to Audible and I would I literally have books on leadership, on management, on how to make sure I don't have an ego when I'm leading people, how to make sure I don't um, you know, I I I really, really take the time to kinda learn things. Uh so I can I can teach people the best that I can and so I can actually lead almost myself. So Aggie taught me really how to how to do things um, to learn from other people's mistakes and also learn from my mistakes um, and kind of do anything that it took to, uh, to kind of make sure that things got done the correct way. And that led me to, you know, pick, pick up those books that are, I have like a ton on, on audible. I paid for a whole subscription. Um, And it's like, all right, how do I, how do I do this, this thing that I need to do the correct way? Have you ever worked for someone where
0: you did make a mistake, and you were reprimanded for it. In other words, a complete opposite of what Aggie would have done.
1: Um, yeah. So, like I said, Aggie would would literally watch me and and say, you know, you messed up here. And now I just I really just do that for myself. I, what I don't like is when people don't tell me when I mess up. That's, that's probably the biggest thing is because if I think failure, how do you know you've messed up though? How do you know you've messed up if someone doesn't point it out to you? I think I know I'm messed up when it comes out in, in the future. Like say a customer's upset or something like that and and doesn't show up till later or they come back and they say, you know, like this thing wasn't done correctly or something like that. Um, then I know I messed I, you know, I messed up somewhere. Somebody, you know, I should have, somebody should maybe have told me or something like that, but. I'd really really try to, you know, find those mistakes myself.
0: Do you think uh, that was maybe because of conflict avoidance? Like maybe your boss or your manager, or whoever they're like, yeah, we mm-hmm, we recognize mm-hmm. Julian messed up, but I don't want to go into conflict with this person. I don't want to, you know, I don't whatever. All the excuses are yeah. There's a lot of excuses that yeah, exactly. managers make, believe it or not, because they, they don't want to confront you on it. Mm-hmm. They want you to like them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They want you to not feel bad necessarily. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, there's well, before I get to that, but have you, is that,
1: yeah. is that accurate? You've oh, that's completely this? accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when people don't, especially management, when they don't want to confront you and, and not cause conflict, um, you know, they're just really they're really hurting them employee because they, they can learn something from they from their failure, even if it causes conflict. Like 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 I said, Aggie told me, yeah, it might be, you know, kind of rough in the beginning. You know, you don't really know me that well, but I'm going to tell you every time you mess up because you're going to learn from it. Yeah. And it's it's just been super beneficial. I use this analogy a lot
0: in my classrooms and I am the farthest person from understanding what sports are or how they even work. Um, so that no, that, being transparent there, I do know that every good sport, if you want to make it to the Super Bowl or the World Series, you have good coaches mm-hmm. that coach their players to become better, right? They hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. They set up goals for them. They criticize. They give them the good the bad, the ugly. They do all of these things. Why can't we do that in the workplace? Why can't we look at the workplace as if we are wanting to go to the Super Bowl and outperform every other competitor out there, whether it's the other dive shop down the street or whether it's the um, the other aquarium in another city? Catch my drift? Why aren't we doing that?
1: You know, sometimes... It's- in the workplace, they're just worried about the relationship that they have with each other. You know, sometimes it is just friendships, but yeah, like with me, I totally agree. Like we should be out there, you know, going after it and, and, you know, helping each other out and we should be the best of the best that we can be. And, uh, you know, so it doesn't really matter about who, you know, if it, if it does, if it does hurt somebody and you, and you tell someone it should be genuine, like you should be wanting to show them where they can be better You know, even if it hurts a little bit, they're going to learn from it and it's going to be so, so, so helpful in in the end and we're all going to be better for it. Yeah. 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 But see, you don't have to
0: like in my experience and training or whatever, when when I'm coaching an employee, it's not that I'm hurting them. Right. Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. devaluing the human being in front of me. I am devaluing the behavior behind their action. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're not devaluing the person. You're yeah. Just so I'm, I'm looking at the behavior that caused you to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So just one quick example I'm making this up back from my hotel days, mm-hmm. you know, managing a front desk employee encounters a guest, the guest behind the front desk is, is pissed off for whatever reason. And so then my associate ends up yelling and cursing them out. And it's like, no, right? That's just going to escalate. It's going to make it worse. That's the behavior. But what was the motive to make that person act the way they did? That is what I want to coach on. I want to coach towards your motive, the the action behind the behavior, mm-hmm. or I call it your anchor. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to get really academic, we essentially call it your, um, your 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 motive. Your Well, I guess it's relationship awareness theory, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. that because I will put everybody to sleep. But that's, that is what we need to do as, as managers and even as employees who may not manage others. <clears throat> yeah. Because one day you will. Or maybe you are and you don't realize it. You might not have the title as a leader. You might not have this title as manager. But there's someone perhaps in your workplace that looks to you as an example of what it means to be a good leader because of the actions that you're taking place because you have your motives and behaviors are aligned. Mm -hmm. That's a lot for a Sunday morning.
1: Definitely. Holy moly. Yeah. I I actually read a book um, once I, once I realized that my management at, at uh, my job wasn't, wasn't what I was looking for in terms of kind of, you know, seeing where I can improve and kind of telling me on a weekly basis, you know, like here's where you can do really good. You know, you're doing good already, but here's where you can improve. I really like that about, um, about um, management in general, you know, I, I love, I love learning and I love, uh, you know, seeing where I can be better. Um, and what I did was I read this book, it's called the one minute manager. Mm. And, uh, it basically says how to teach people how to look at themselves, um, and kind of get better at what they're doing, you know, how to manage themselves so the manager doesn't have to. And I kind of needed to read that book because, um, I, I wanted to keep improving and learning with what I was doing. Um, And I didn't have the right management to teach me those things. So I read a book uh, exactly about that. And now I'm able to do those things. You went to college, right? I didn't go to college. And
0: yet you still, even after college, you continue to do self-improvement. Definitely. Just something I, you know preach all the time is that just because you graduate mm-hmm. graduation or the term or the word commencement means commence forward, mm-hmm. um, moving forward. That's
1: just step one. Yeah. In my, in my room, I have this sign and says, uh, look around you, um, and see, look around for something that's, you know, that's not what you'd like and, and see if you could fix it. And, um, with my, the way that I process things, it's like, um, I ask myself, what can I do that I would do to, to fix those things that I'm looking at? And, um, you know, I ask myself at work, you know, what can I do that I would do? Because if you're asking yourself, what could you actually do and what would I do? Um, it, it gets a lot easier to, you know, kind of pick up on things to improve on um, because you're really, really talking with yourself and you're kind of, you know, seeing, looking around, you're observing and you're observing yourself and sometimes you don't want to do something but at least you're asking yourself what could i do that i actually would do and uh kind of kind of improve from there yeah. um, and just minimal steps it doesn't have to be anything big um but it adds up you know over over time that's a good point you know we i think we
0: see something um and we're like oh i gotta do it tonight everything has to be done tonight i gotta get through the book tonight i gotta take steps one through ten by the end of this week and it's like Let's calm down, take a step backwards a little mm-hmm. bit, and mm-hmm. it's baby steps, right? Step by step, you're going to have a better outcome in the end. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is this this happens with writing, too, or e- reading a book, mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. Take a couple of pages of reading per day, and you will get through that book within the next three weeks, yeah. But we often think like oh the book's too big, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading Obama's book right now and that thing is it's it's a big book. It's a big book, but you don't have to read a chapter every single day. You can read 10 pages per day and you'll still be done with the book in less than 2 months. Exactly. But sometimes I think we see the problem before us is like so big and so scary. That we either plow through it and we don't really take away what we want to learn from it, or we just give up and we don't finish it.
1: Yeah, I, used to, I actually used to like really, really dislike reading, probably because you know I didn't, um, I wasn't reading what I wanted to read. Mm. And there's a really, really good quote that I read is said, uh, you know, read what you want to read until you love to read, and um, that's really, really helped me with just kind of learning in general. It's like I'm learning what I want to learn. And luckily those things are self-improvement and stuff like that. But um, in general, I've just really, really grown to love learning and it's really improved, improved everything.
0: Yep. And you don't need a hundred thousand dollars to go to Harvard, no offense, Harvard to actually love to self-improve and to learn about leadership and to learn about what it means to be a good manager or whatever it may be. And, and to create a better work environment for everybody at the end of the day. That's good stuff. You are 23 years old. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Everyone, he's 23 years old, and he speaks and is as wise as a 50-year-old. I don't think I was even at this level at 23 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I think at 23, I didn't pick up a book yet, even though I graduated college.
1: Uh, I was... Not even there, yeah, I talk to my friends now, like I was just hanging out with some friends yesterday and and now I'm the one giving advice, which is kind of funny. um so I really, really like hanging out with the uh you know a generally older crowd now, just because they they, they I always want to learn and i want and um i'm re- I really value listening, and um when I talk to people, I just think you know there's always something they may have something that they want to tell me and, and I might not know something that, that they're saying. So, yeah. um, Yeah. yeah. So final question, Mm -hmm.
0: how do we know that we're doing the thing
1: that we want to do? Yeah. How do we know that? Yeah. So I ask myself that every day (laughs) and the way that I go about it is um, I, you know, I ask myself, you know, what do I want to do? And then, you know, there's a dialogue going on in my head and, you know, I want to, you know, be a better person or I want to be a, a better manager in the workplace or something like that. And yeah, I just keep, I ask myself that same question that we talked about earlier, what can I do that I would do to move towards that goal? And, um, the things that you want to do, they will, they will come forward and they, they would just have that kind of grip on you that will, that you can go grab, and you can you can just feel it. And um, I've I've just had a really really good opportunity to um, just start journaling, and I kind of write down what what my goals are, and I write down how I can get there. And it, and I I don't start I don't really look at it on a big picture. I really minimize that scale down to it's like what can I do. That I would do to get to the next step. And um, I'm just really in love with the process. And I just like, I like that little minimal step forward. And it's, it's progressed me, you know, in uh, just such a short amount of time. It's, it's a much faster way to get, get to the things you want to do.
0: Hmm. It might be the faster way, but you have to enjoy the process, I think.
1: Definitely. Yeah. You got to want to improve.
0: Yeah, because I feel like sometimes we, um, especially human beings, and particularly me in particular, um, it's, it's, you know, go get that PhD, you get it, move on. What's the next thing? Do this, do that. And, and, and we're missing the journey in life, mm-hmm. and not to sound like super cheesy and stoic or whatever, but I think that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's an American point of view of – of, of how we view things. It's like, I want the next best thing. I want the next best thing. It's like, I got to feed my addiction or my appetite, whatever that is. Right. Whether it's another college degree or I got to, does that make sense? Like the next bigger job title. And it's, and it's either we're not completely satisfied Mm -hmm. and we're never going to be completely satisfied because we don't truly know what it is that we want. And so I guess that's the question really is how do we know we have what we want? It's like, are we chasing this ever ending goal that we're never going to hit, even though we're setting a goal today to be at whatever, 10 years from now Mm -hmm. and I hit it. That's cool. But then it's the next best thing. What is it? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sorry, but look at guys around the gym, look at, Some of the folks out there that are so into, I'll say it, themselves so much that they want bigger muscles. It's not enough. They want, you know, they want the six pack and they got the six pack. You know, you got great abs. They look great, cool. But, oh man, my butt, it's just too small. So now I'm going to work on my butt. And it's like, Mm -hmm. when is enough? enough? Maybe that's the question. And I know I said that was my last question, but now that's my next philosophical (laughs) question. When do we know we have enough? Because once we have enough, that is when we have done the thing that we've wanted to do. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So what you want is, is the process. So just the process of going through those things. Um, If you fall in love with the process, you can do that for the rest of your life. You can always keep learning. You can always keep improving. You know, you can, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You can improve the, your relationships at home. You can improve, you know, your any any relationship. You can improve your workspace. You can improve anything. Um, and if you're falling in love with the pro- process, um, then, you know, you never have, you're never going to end, end uh, loving what you do.
0: So. yeah, you have to enjoy the process, yep, no really. doubt. Here's a, a closing quote from Epictetus, a Stoic philosopher, uh, comes directly from discourses that relates to everything we're talking about today. And Epictetus says, remember that it's not only the desire for wealth and position that debases and subjugates us, but also the desire for peace, leisure, travel, and learning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the external thing is. The value we place on it subjugates us to another where our heart is set. There our impediment lies. That is for uh, directly from the Daily Stoic quote for February 21st at the time of this recording. And it literally relates to everything we just talked about. Enjoy the journey, right? Continue to learn self-improvement. Go pick up a book. Go whatever that is. What do you use? Use Audible. Audible,
1: yeah. Just audible. Listen to listen to uh, people that know stuff better yeah. than you. The, the you podcast
0: learn. that you never thought you would uh, ever want to listen to. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate it. As always, you can visit us at inospire.com, where we provide tools, resources, and wonderful things of that nature to help you manage the obstacles of your career. Thanks, Julian. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks
1: so much for having me. Anytime.
0: Mm-hmm.